I'm not sitting in the mix the whole time. I'll fucking stop breathing. I'll hyperventilate on the on the show. Hey. I feel like sometimes you just do that to mess with Michael. Like Michael needs to 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 lighten up. I just feel like we know when something's funny. You don't need to fucking press I, the bazooka. I, it makes it makes me laugh harder. Okay. Wait, I don't have a bazooka. That's pretty. That's for right. That's for announcements. Yo, you know what we need? You know what we need? We need the Kramers. They know nothing. Oh, now you're into it. No, but no, you know why that's corny? Because he uses that. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. What do you mean? He stands there and slaps that yeah, button. They know button. nothing. They he know has no a they know nothing uh, button. That's sorry. why. That's why that's corny. You know, his is a custom made thing. What do you mean? That like that board with all the sound effects. Like I looked into that. Well, how the fuck do you expect him to pick stocks if he doesn't have sound effects? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, on, honestly, what is this? The the Stone Age? He does use them really well, though. Are you like a fucking closet Kramer guy? What's going on here? I mean, I've I've watched my share of Kramer. When do you have time to do that? I'm gonna give you more videos to edit. Oh my god! <laughs> fucking tell me that. It's the six to seven block, right? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> What works Except for during the Olympics, the then he comes on my show. We've got Amazon, Apple, and Shopify after the close. No big no. deal. Small stocks. Are you long any of those? Starbucks. I don't buy stocks that go up. Right. No, no, you don't want. You don't want <laughs> to Why that. would I want to do that? Shop Shopify is. I don't want it to be that easy, you know. Shopify is the one that got away. I knew that was going to work. I just never bought it. Did anybody watch Curb this week? Yeah, love it. Curb's back on. I didn't even know Curb oh, was yeah. back on. It started on Sunday. It's the new best night of television. But the, it's it's not at ten thirty. It's way too late for me. It's Succession right into Curb. You don't watch you don't watch it at ten thirty, do you? Uh, I did. I did this weekend. Right. I I feel like you can't not watch. You don't need to watch Curb live. No, but like the the premiere of yeah, the new yeah. season, I feel like you have to you have to watch it. You have to watch it live. Especially because you just know that everyone's going to be talking about it the next day. I feel like Curb, like nobody, it's kind of. It's, it's quiet. It's quiet. The release has been quiet. Uh, did you think Albert Brooks was funny? Yes, because he is funny. Yeah, he's funny. Uh, did you watch it? Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. All right. We won't, really we won't fucking sweet. It up for you. I am about to record uh, with Dan and Josh. Who is that? Guess. Bye. Robin? Not bad. <laughs> Does Ben get a tingle when he knows you're cheating on him? Doing another podcast? Uh, Would you change anything about uh, the show, Duncan? I didn't speak to you about it yet. About uh, Ben's, Ben's show? Duncan, when the camera came on, you looked a little petrified. Yeah, no, I, I was nervous. I mean, that is the first, first time. First time? Yeah. You yeah. nervous about being on camera or nervous that the show was going to go well? Just, just both. Just everything. Just having everything lined up and ready to go. I thought for the first... For the first live run, it was like pretty flawless. Yeah, yeah, I felt it's hard for me to take you seriously right now when I can't see your face. But I would only, <laughs> only thing I would say is closer to fifteen minutes is better than than closer to twenty minutes. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we know that. And wait, why do we know that? I mean, we had we had a couple of comments already saying that uh, they wish it was longer. You know? People always say that. I know. I'm kidding. People that really like it will say that, but I feel like we're gonna do it every week. Yeah. How how, how much? How much of people's time do we want to take on a Thursday every week? All of it. All of it. All, as all much of as they'll it. give us. All of the time. Um, 
I thought it was great, though. I would. I really wouldn't change anything else. Bill was really good. Yeah, Bill's great. Who's and the gonna, saw, saw was great. Who's going to be on next week? Uh, I think Blair. Yeah, Blair. Okay. All right, cool. let's see what's up. We got the bell. Four o'clock. Why didn't your bell ring? Because I don't have my thinkorswim open. Do we, have, do we have Apple yet? No, Apple doesn't do it until 4.30 usually. Are you new here? I must be. Sorry, I'm usually on TV when these numbers come out. Not to brag. Not to brag. <laughs> so, so. I get all the Fed days now. Does it ever get boring just being like, yeah, they did exactly what they did the last time again? The Fed is super boring right now. I don't. There's, I don't, it's I don't too understand boring. people who are like, the Fed's going to, you know, torpedo the market. I'm like, based on when have they, like, just because somebody gave a speech one time in Dallas, like, nobody cares. The Bank of Canada did that this week. Yeah, but they're fucking Canadian. No, I know. It's, <laughs> it's the Bank of Canada. But they said, no taper. We're just done with stimulus. Like, they're just, they're finished. I don't, know, I don't even know how much they were doing, but... I think uh, the Fed needs to, needs to taper, needs to cancel stimulus, but just directly buy Robinhood stock. Yeah, I think the Fed That's needs the to shake things up policy. and maybe bring in a younger, cuter kid. I want you to... <laughs> by the way, by the way, you... Uh, Fucking point your finger right at my mask. Because <laughs> you can't see me. I can't see you. I guess you didn't see the show. I'm Wait, you can't you. see, therefore you need a point? Uh, yeah, jo- go, go ahead. What do you got? <laughs> Josh said yesterday that he thinks that Robinhood's revenue is down because Bitcoin spreads are tighter, to which I wrote, uh, said, LOL. Here's what happened. God. It was Doge. Remember? Last, oh, yeah. They made all their money on Doge. Last, last quarter, quarter, all their crypto money was made from Doge, and Doge fucking died last quarter. Therefore, they died with it. It's kind of crazy because we laughed at their IPO that Doge was like a material impact yeah. on their earnings. It is. It really was. Yeah, that was the last time I was on here. We were talking about that. that it was the really S1 was. Draft. All of the takes, and there were many, where it's like Robin Hood needs a new bubble. It's not bullshit. Like, they really do. Yep. You need like a, a mania. But what was interesting is that Coinbase was the most downloaded app yesterday because Coinbase has the Shiba coin. Robin Hood, <laughs> for whatever reason, doesn't. This is so stu- I'm sorry. Welcome it's to the metaverse, motherfuckers. It's also stupid. <laughs> it's also stupid and getting stupider. I love it. I mean, I used to hate it, but now I love it. I, I guess I'm kind of okay with it now compared to where I was six months ago. It sounded dumb, but now that we know it's dumber, I'm cool. I came around. I have, <laughs> I have a strategy for this. Anytime you see some of this, whatever the hell is going on, when you see something that really enrages you, find someone you really dislike who's being enraged by it, and your opinion will shift on it. Mm. So I just like look on Twitter, and I'm like, okay, that guy's a jerk, and he's really mad about this. Okay, I'm going to learn about So maybe this. it's actually a good thing? It might actually be a good thing. That's yeah. actually a good way to hack your own brain. <laughs> yeah. Josh said yesterday, anytime someone unveils a short position, just get long immediately. Yep. Well, the word unveil being the operative. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're unveiling, uh, like almost like, like you're pulling the cover off a off a classic car you just bought. Like, don't be unveiling shit. Just do the trade. If you unveil it, I'm getting long. <laughs> yeah, the uh, it's a kiss of death. Talking about shorting Robinhood into these share unlocks, and so I called every prime that would speak to me, and I was like, yeah, "Is there any borrow anywhere?" And everybody's like, "Nope, everything's." I'm like, "So the so the entire available float short," and they're like, "Yeah," and I'm like, "So if these guys don't sell for like three days, this thing's gonna go, you know, moon," and they're like, "Yep." And I'm like, okay, this is smart. Yeah. And I just, I'm like, who, like, how do you not see, like, that? if that's not priced in, I don't know what's priced in. When there's no borrow anywhere on Wall Street. <laughs> Wait, there like, was no borrow on what's, There's on- no borrow on Robinhood anywhere on the street. Like, really? none of the major primes have borrow. Interactive doesn't have borrow. Fidelity doesn't have borrow. Like, you cannot find a single share anywhere because everybody thinks they're the clever boy that's going to short Robinhood right now before the shares unlock. It's going to be a disaster. 
What if, right, what if there's not as much selling from the unlock as people expect? Yeah, I mean, if the stock doesn't go down, they're going to have to cover. Like, it, it, they're just, ch- they're like putting their, their, their head in a noose. Oh, I'm, buying, I'm buying Robinhood. When, uh, Amazon just supported earnings breaking. They made a lot of money. I'm shocked. A lot of money. No, I hate that company's going places. Yeah, up, down 4%. No, they, this was not supposed to be a good quarter for them because the comp from last year is really hard. Think about what was going on last year this this time. Yes. Define, well, a, define a bad quarter. For, right, exactly. Well, their growth, their growth rate is supposed to it be was the a slowest bad quarter. in four years. It was yeah. only the second best quarter of all time. Yeah. They might only be 5% better than the largest single revenue print for any corporation in human history. What's That's so interesting enough. about Amazon is that the only number that really matters is AWS because that's almost all of their net income. Yep. Like all the grocery shit is basically a push. Right. And then did the cloud business grow or not? That's that's the whole story. It's really, it's really interesting. All right, let's get going. We're stepping on material. Yeah, I'm legit starting to suffocate. All right, let's start the first game. Yeah, this is this this is a squid game. Three claps. It's harder it's than really, I thought. It's really. Did you see the earn your leisure thing they shared that if you held Sheba from the beginning, uh, a dollar would now be worth six hundred thousand? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. No, oh, a dollar. A dollar no. would now be worth six hundred thousand. All right, the countdown of friends, episode twenty-one. Welcome to the Compound and Friends. All opinions expressed by me. Michael Batnick and our castmates are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Ritholtz Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions. Clients of Ritholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Today's episode of The Compound and Friends is brought to you by Direction. Direction's leveraged ETFs are powerful tools for short-term active traders, but they're definitely not for everyone. So know the risks. Trade boldly. For investors looking for longer-term investments, Direction offers strategic and thematic ETFs for precise exposure to satellite investment themes. Direction's latest leveraged ETF is Dozer. That's D-O-Z-R, the daily U.S. infrastructure bull two-time shares ETF. Offering two times a daily return on infrastructure stocks, go to direction.com slash dozer to find out more. If you're a bold, short-term active trader or thematic investor, Direction has ETFs built for you. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investments, objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at direction.com. Read that carefully. Okay, we're here. Squid Game fans. You're going to love the visuals of today's episode. Make sure you check us out on YouTube. All right. I'm very excited about today's show. I think uh, I think it was such a no-brainer to have Dan come back for Halloween. Are you a big Halloween guy in general or not really? I mean, I'm a, I think every party is a, is a costume party, so, you know. <laughs> so you just show up in costume either way? Why not? Yeah. Were you a big trick-or-treater back in the day? Oh, I mean, I'm still a big trick-or-treater. It creeps people out a little bit, but, you know. Yeah. What so, are they gonna do about it? So I was the other thing. I was the bu- I was like uh, running around the neighborhood looking for kids to beat up. So, <laughs> so I, was, I ran with a different crowd back then. I was running around looking for Michael in his costume. Michael lived across the street. What are you? Eight years younger than me? Yeah. Uh, I was, but I was gone. I mean, why trick or treat when you just go take his candy? Exactly. Uh, all right. So I'm gonna have to take this thing off because I think I'm gonna pass out right here. At the, that wouldn't be good for the uh, show. Let's, let's unveil ourselves. Let's unveil ourselves. So in case you weren't sure. It's too, it's too much. All right. So 
first things first, we have to do earnings. Uh, this is like the Super Bowl week where everybody big reports all the big tech names. We just got Amazon after the bell. Um, what's your impression of the earnings reports that we're seeing, not just big tech, but just across the board? Everything seemed pretty good. I feel like this is Perrier. Like with space balls, like this oxygen feels so good right now. Yeah, this, this, <laughs> right. This is not this is not a suggested way to to live. <laughs> I don't. Every every print I've seen has been good, and and the reactions know, are pretty good for for the large caps. For the small and mid caps, if you've printed in line, your stocks are down five to thirty percent. It's been pretty vicious. That's when, where you play, so that's fun. It's been yeah. It's been. A, a, a what's your average mark? What's your average uh, market cap? Four dollars. Probably like three billion. Three billion, something okay. like that. So these are the companies that have the most trouble weathering higher labor costs, higher. Well, it's that, and then the, the security is just way less liquid, and they've been underperforming the last like six, eight weeks, and people are coming into comp season, and nobody has any stomach right now or ability to have stomach. So, and there's no bids. So if you have, you know, uh, you've you've a company like we're along this company, Turning Point Brands, that makes you know vapes and things like that. And oh, that's part of your ESG. Uh, yeah, it's e- okay. in the ESG allocation. Okay. And they like missed by three million on EBITDA, three million. Yeah. And they were like, it's going to be Q1 instead of Q4. And then the CEO gets on the call and he says, Yeah, actually, our our data is ahead of that, but we just wanted to be conservative. Okay. Stock was down twenty three percent. The next day, management buys stock and they announce like a twenty million or fifty million dollar buyback. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, are, are, what what happened? And then when you look at the imagine, tape, you, imagine getting stopped out of that. Right. When we look at the tape, somebody sold like 350,000 shares at the open, and then it went completely sideways. So I say there was no activity. You call on brokers. Is anybody trading this? Nope. How aware of you are you in a, in a company that size of who else is in it in size and what they might want to do? Oh, we track everybody. I mean, we know okay. all the other major shareholders. You know, we're talking to. I still use the phone to trade, which blows people's minds. Yeah. And so, like, I'm calling the high touch guys, being like, "Is anything happening?" And you know, because in these types of names, like when somebody starts blocking into the stock, the float goes away really fast, and these things move. And so, like for small caps, there's kind of three things that move stocks. It's you know basically attention. Something goes on social media, and these guys rush in. Other people mimic them and front run them. Uh, it's like a big return of capital or something like that that gets people people's attention. Um, and then, you know, kind of the third thing is just these guys getting to a point where they're going to execute their fundamentals where they're going to get in the indexes. Like the whole trade in small and mid caps now uh, is – Get into the Russell. Right. Can, your fundament, can, you, can you make the fundamental bridge long enough to get in the index? And, you know, basically the way I look at equities right now, if you're like an endowed company, if you're a FANG or whatever, you trade at 3 to 4% free cash flow yield roughly, maybe less if you're a hyper growth. And if you're anything else, you're trading at 8 to 12% free cash flow yield. Right. And so if you can figure out when that – Gap's going to get closed. You make an enormous amount of money. If you see something get kicked out of bucket one into bucket two, very, very painful. Right, because you lose all your institutional sponsorship getting yep. pulled out of an index. Um, and they, and they, you know, we're now at a point where the majority of the market's passive. And so if you're one of the last remaining mutual fund managers, something like that, you just can't hold an underperforming stock. Like yeah. last six weeks, I mean, the S&P's up like, what, 6.6%, something like that for the month. Yeah. How do you hold a stock that's down five percent for this month? It, like, well, it kills you if you're it, if you're concentrated. It kills you. It's yeah, it's insane. Um, and even if you're not concentrated, like when you can increase performance by buying more liquid stocks, yeah, you're just like, this is stupid. I'm out. I mean, right? You look at something like Alphabet. They re- they report like a good quarter, not the greatest quarter ever. Stock goes up a hundred dollars right. like, immediately. How do you compete in a in a marketplace for investors? When bucket one is made up of the largest stocks in the world, the most liquid, 
going up the most. It's like it's it's insane. It's it's insane, uh, and it's been going on for a long time. And it's getting worse. So Alphabet. I mean, the thing is though, it's it's the stocks reflecting just the growth of these companies. It just it's when does it when does it? It's, it's not even slowing down. It's speeding up. It feels like YouTube the, is speeding up. No, the companies companies fundamentals are strong. They're getting stronger in some cases, and at the same time, more and more money is going into just kind of buying the S and P or custom. You know, it's more top down trading than bottom up trading. So you've got kind of like all the levers going one way. You know, which makes small caps just, I mean, that's just crazy. So Alphabet, they're, they're, they're about a $2 trillion company now. They're a hair under. Their revenue- $60 trillion, $60 billion a quarter. Was up 41% year over year, 11% <laughs> sequential. Uh, Google search, uh, their advertising went from $37 billion. Now, last year, last year obviously was troubled for companies paying advertisers. From $37 billion up to $53 billion. They were turning cash like mad. $12.6 billion buyback in the last three months. The cloud has grown 45%. There's over 2 million creators on YouTube now making money. But what's interesting is that YouTube advertising is kind of small. Their revenue was $7.2 billion. It's $30 billion overall for the year. Facebook advertising was $30 billion last quarter. So you I, like right. so the, the point is they, there might still be a lot of room to run. Yep. YouTube did $30 billion last year. Facebook did $30 billion last quarter. Oh, there's plenty of room. I, I think that's one of the primary drivers of the stock and the cloud business, which they are, it's unlike Google to be a distant third in anything they do, but the cloud business, they were late. Um, but that's now catching up. It's growing 45%. It's that's, still, yeah, it's, that's, in, that's insane growth for something that's not tiny. It's 5 billion. So right. tiny for them, but tiny for them, but ma massive. They're not accustomed to running behind in anything that they're doing and they're not going to stay that way for, for a long time. Um, the YouTube advertising thing I think is interesting. It's probably not as good of an ad product as what Facebook is doing because mm -hmm. Facebook knows the user better. But I have to believe if Google sees you watch 12 videos a week, they know who you are. Like they, they, they know what advertisers should be put. You know what you. I think is different though? When you're scrolling on Instagram and you see an ad that's targeted to you like I do all the time, I click on it. I've never once in my life clicked on a YouTube ad. I always skip. Oh, skip ad after five seconds. Every, so I just think there's a big difference between video ads and like in scrolling app ads. I think that's why Instagram is way more effective. Instagram ads, I was just, I mean, I've never clicked on a Facebook ad, but I've clicked on Instagram ads. Same, same. I don't know why Instagram seems to have much better. They have your number. They know exactly what you want. The Facebook ads also just seem to be trash. It's just like, do you want this commemorative gold coin? You mean the meta ads? Yeah, meta. Sorry. Yes, that's right. The meta ads. What, yeah. are you, what are you doing on Facebook that they're showing you commemorative coins? Well, what are you I doing no on idea. Facebook at all, you sick <laughs> bastard? What are you doing on Facebook? I, I, Full stop. Yeah. I have, like, for a long time, schemed to one day launch a commemorative gold coin company because I just think that's <laughs> that's how you know you've made it in American society is when you have a Fox News ad for a commemorative gold coin, a limited edition. You know, yes. That's how you know you've made it. You know it. why you're uniquely situated for a gold coin? Because you could grow out the mustache. You right. need the mustache. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Tom Selleck is, on the, is or, on the coin. Keith, yeah. Keith Hernandez. Keith yeah. is on the coin. Um, how does Microsoft keep doing this? Do you even understand what's going on? I mean, I know it's cloud, obviously, but these are the. This is another two. Is it two trillion or more? They're more. They're like two point five. <laughs> Where is this coming from? Remember when a trillion dollars was a lot of money for market cap? How, how do they keep doing this? Well, tell me what's going on here. All right, cloud revenue, twenty. Billion dollars up thirty six percent year over year. Look at these. Let's go this financial summary. So, I, the gross margins on this business are seventy percent. 
operating income 45%. Again, returning cash like mad. Uh, $6.2 billion in repurchases, $4.7 billion in dividends. That's up 14% That's year over year. $6 billion in repurchases for Even the quarter. Lo- What's that? For the quarter. For the quarter. Even LinkedIn revenue is growing 42%. How? How, Sway? <laughs> LinkedIn, LinkedIn ads are actually pretty effective, You remember too. when Elliot, like, took that battleship or something from Argentina and yes. sued them. I think Microsoft is secretly taking over entire countries <laughs> they're, they're in big, a debt market or something. They're big enough that they could if they wanted to. But these companies are so dominant. Yeah. So, all right. So, face, so Facebook, uh, dip, a little bit of a different story. And now they're having like a midlife crisis, which makes sense. What are they, 13 years old, Facebook? 14 years old? Two th- no, way longer. So in Silicon, Valley, in Silicon Valley years, they're like 35 years old or 40 years old. I think years they old. were like from uh, 02 or something, but as a no, public company. No, 07, 06, 07. No way. Yes, yes, why? Not 02. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm getting my graduation wrong. Um, so what what do we think about the name change? To Like, is this the ultimate? I mean, Google did it. Did no, you guys see nobody the vid- made fun of it. Did you guys see the video? I watched the video. Did you see the video? No. John, throw this up. Why was there a video? Just watch Zuck it. Zuck looks tan. Let I mean, say. say what you will about the guy. The guy's so got this a tan. Is, this is, I mean, obviously Zuck runs, a, Zuck runs a company, but. I think they're terrified. Who saw that video and said, let's run with it. Let's run it. Yep, let's do it. This is what we need to do. You got it, John? Yeah, I'm pulling up. Do you think anyone's approving anything? You think anyone's disapproving anything no, that he wants to do? No, that's what I'm saying. It's Not a chance. Oh, uh, it's all him. All right. Let's see how ridiculous this is. You watch this already? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's like it's like 45 minutes. We'll just watch half of it. Wait, can we one pause? Where the f- is he? And one for our work on oh, he's going to address that. Is that a hotel room? And as part of this, it is time for us to adopt a new company brand to encompass everything that we do. To reflect who we are and what we hope to build, I am proud to announce that starting today, our company is now Meta. Our mission remains the same. It's still about bringing people together. Come on. Our apps and their brands, they're not changing either. And we are still the company that designs technology around people. But now we have a new North Star to help bring the metaverse to life. And we have a new name that reflects the full breadth uh, stop, of what we see. He, he just put like half of us in his writing room out of work. Wait, but what is the yeah. background? Is it you going to tell me it's virtual? Yeah, everything he kept being like, I'm not actually in a room right now. I'm in, he basically was bragging that he was deep faking people throughout the whole thing. He's he like, yeah. it looks like I'm in a room and it looks like this is me, but actually this is not a real yeah, yeah. person. I'm in your room. He looks like Mark, he looks <laughs> like, he looks like Mark, I'm watching you he, right now. He, he looks like Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders with that freaking ridiculous haircut. Here's what I'll say about, about uh, I don't hate it as much as I whatever I don't hate it. I don't even care. But they have uh, three billion users. Call it two billion users. Whatever the real number is, uh, trillion plus dollar, a trillion dollar, uh, eight hundred billion dollar market cap. And they're changing their name to Meta, and they're going all in the on the metaverse. We can talk all the shit you want about the metaverse. Like this is a big, 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 big deal for that. And he said they're going to spend thirty five billion dollars in capex on stuff. <laughs> Servers. And I, I was like, software. Hey, first question. I was like, where are you going to spend that money? And they're like, places. Can I tell you where? Nvidia chips. Probably. N- yeah. Nvidia software and chips and the whole package. It's the only way. AMD and Nvidia are the only way to build any of the shit. And like, that's where the money's going to go. I um, I don't hate this that much because I think they're scared, and I think that they know they're losing young people, and they also know young people are are really into 
the metaverse and living a whole different life online. I think they just did mushrooms and watched like Ready Player One. You think this is crazy? I'm just watching it. I'm like, like I have one of the Oculus headsets. I've used it. Like I used it for like two weeks. It was cool. The coolest thing about it is you can put I know grandma and that. grandpa. <laughs> you can put grandma and grandpa in it, and they can go skydiving and stuff. And that's really cool. But like, I'm watching the whole thing, and I'm like, who is ever going to do this? He's like sitting there. You're going to have everybody in headsets having virtual full body meetings wearing headsets. And I was like, I, you so could put did, a gun to my head, get me to do that. Did you hear what the kid from Snap said? What, what he's he like totally thinks that this is the worst move possible because he's like. People don't want to um, live in a fake online environment. What they actually want is augmented reality. Yeah, I agree with that. They want their real reality, but with some yeah. augmentation. But with comment sections. With comment sections. Oh, like, no, this is like Black Mirror. Everybody wants a comment section until they get a comment section for the first time. <laughs> or until the comment section's talking about them. Right, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Then the you second, definitely don't want it. Yeah, the first time you get one, you're like, I didn't know that about myself. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's brutal. So... So the snap bet is like people just going to want to see the world and then have buttons they could push to do things or get information about buildings as they walk past or walk through an airline terminal and be told like how many more feet until the gate. How long do I have to wait for my McGriddle? But how how many hundreds of millions of boomers are going to be like, wait, what's the metaverse? Are going to be first hearing about that He doesn't care about them anymore. He has them. No, my point is – this is a big deal for the metaverse. Like, this is going to be yes. on US in USA Today on Good Morning America. Like, this is a big deal. But my point is, like, to what end? Like, it's not know. like like know. the hardware is not there. Like, I, that's what I don't understand about what he's doing. He's is saying like, that. He's saying we're not going to make any money from this for ten years. I just want I just want to see a platform. <laughs> is he telling everybody to buy an Oculus? Is he is he going to? I need the Ray Ban no. glasses. Right. Like, what is? You All know? right. So this is why I'm I'm somewhat bullish. I will become more bullish. Two reasons. Number one, did you watch Star Trek: The Next Generation? Yes. Okay. Come on. Come, well, I mean, deck. How sick? I mean, I want it. I know I just, we don't I'm have like, it. Where is it. I understand. Wait, I'm not a giant loser, so fill me in. Okay. So <laughs> Michael was into girls. You yeah. and I were into Patrick Stewart. Right. The holodeck is a simulator where they could basically create an artificial world so that they could do training or I guess they could have cool guest stars on the show. Oh, wait. wait have like you been the- to The Void? No. Okay, the next time, I think they have one in New York, but there's one in, in Vegas. Next time either of you are in Vegas, go to the Void. They have this Is Star that near Wars Experiment thing. Rhino? <laughs> Probably. Okay. But they they've uh they took this entire area of a casino, basically built a maze out of concrete and stuff, and you put on not just a VR headset, but this whole haptic suit. Yeah. And you get to go through a little Star Wars movie and like when you there's like hot lava and it smells like hot lava and it's hot and when you yeah, s- yeah. touch it it squishes. Okay, I'm and when in. you get hit I'm, with a that laser like beam, so it much hits fun. you. Dude, I'm into that. It was awesome. All right, so so Star Trek: The Next Generation, similar to Westworld on HBO, just this idea that you could be in an artificial world that feels real to you. And obviously, you're gonna have to wear a lot of clunky equipment now, but ten years from now, who's to say that 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 you would? Um, so that's thing number one. This is coming, right? Like something, I don't know what this is, but 100%. Disney, you don't think Disney is going to metaverse the shit out of oh, all of their I can't stuff. wait to live in Disney's metaverse. I, I want to feel like a child again. I love Disney. Could World. you imagine, like, it's going to get so creepy? It's going to get crazy. You're going to have a bunch of 50 year old dudes <laughs> being Jasmine from Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> Your kid's going to be like, where's Iago? And there's. It's going to be terrible. <laughs> what, what, but what, think about all the possibilities for Hollywood and entertainment. If movies are, are the past and the future is, you just come into this world that we've created. 
And some people will do it really shitty, and some people will do it ama- an amazing job. Yeah, Disney's there. All right, let me pitch you a stock. It's called Immersion Corp. I M M R. Do you have a pen handy? I'll give you some of the details. This is the company with the patents for haptic everything. So every uh, time I don't know what haptic means. When your watch wants to alert you to something, yeah. a little buzz. Uh-huh. When you're driving in a car and right. you're getting too close to the left lane, and the left side of your ass buzzes. That's haptic technology. Okay. So that's computers making you feel things. They have a monopoly on vibrators. Basically. Okay. But for but for adults. Got it. Um. <laughs> anyway, this is stock went up eleven point six percent today, and I have to believe that there's going to be some haptic bullishness coming from all these metaverse announcements that you just know are right around the corner. I'm going to start using that in memos, haptic bullishness. We're we're anticipating haptic bullishness. Don't you think Robinhood- The company generates a majority of its revenue from North Korea. Don't you think think Robinhood would love to shock you if you haven't traded for an hour? Like, I mean, I think they're probably trying to. Like, hey, yeah. fuck stick, let's go. <laughs> right. What, what, why, why are you holding the? Uh, why are you holding on to these stocks when you could be trading them? Uh, I look. I'm I'm trying to take this seriously, and I do think that it's a big deal. I agree with you. Um, have we talked enough about the metaverse? For no. Anything, yeah, anything left to say? No. I think I was about to say one other thing, but I forgot what it was. We'll see well, if I. We'll see if I, remember. I mean, I think it's absolutely happening. I just I. I but the, the issue with the metaverse is that like. He didn't really say anything. He just showed a bunch of right. pretty VR, like uh, exactly. But there's nothing, like there's cartoons. Nothing, there's nothing there. There, they're gonna build it, or they're gonna they're gonna be a part of it. They're not gonna build the metaverse. They'll be a part of it. You know where boomers? They're not gonna I just, the metaverse. I, actually, here's my here's the main reason I'm a little bit mad about the presentation is I don't want the first iteration of this to be we're gonna have meetings in the metaverse. Literally any other use case I'm into, but the idea that like the three of us are gonna do this from Pods with head. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, I have no interest in that. Can I give you a great use case? I'm st- I'm stealing this from Portlandia. There was a there was a skit where they really want to go to this like festival concert, like, right? Like a Lollapalooza kind of thing, but it sucks so much when you're actually there, right? It's like bugs. They and actually mud already have that for Oculus and crap, right? So just put the helmet on and you're at Lollapalooza, and anytime you want to take the helmet off for a few minutes, go to the bathroom like a human being. Yeah, you could pull it right. That's a, that seems to me to to me to be a pretty obvious use case. All right, let's let's move on to the next session. Dan, I want to kick this off with something you tweeted in August. If you could dodge a wedge, you could dodge a ball. Patch, yep. The great patches of Hulahan CFA. I'm managing long short risk. Yep. Um, and then you tweeted seriously. Every day you get a different text that says, "Holy shit! Did you hear? Ridiculously smart person firm just lost massive amount of money because of totally insane thing that doesn't show up in the indexes at all." Yeah, daily, daily. What are these things? It just, you know, did you hear that, you know, there's a peanut butter manufacturer in South Korea that's up 2,000% today and just like <laughs> KO'd the best long short manager in Hong Kong? You'll get it just completely batshit nonsense. I mean, obviously you had the AMCs, you know, this other stuff. But even even beyond that, you're having these like weird niche scenarios where these guys, you know, who are, you know, a lot of these institutional long short shops, what they're trying to do is run like 100 long positions, 100 short positions. Yeah. Not even concentrated guys. And... You know, they're trying to basically take high volatility securities, put it, mix it all together, and get this low volatility bond-like thing. And this has just completely broken their models. And why? Because you get something that's trading at two dollars that goes to two hundred dollars. Because it turns out you can't actually predict like the correlation, the liquidity, any of these other, like the things that are supposed to be stable about making those bets, or they need to be within a certain range in order for you to like have a reasonable thing. They're just not working. 
And, you know, a lot of these guys uh, just kind of think, you know, it's about having a spread between your longs and your shorts. But, you know, I think we we're talking about before we went on camera, like, you know, Robinhood stocks unlocking in, in a week. And so, you know, people are on Twitter saying you want to short Robinhood stock into uh, the, the insiders being able to sell, sh- too sell easy, shares. Too obvious. And I called around today and there is no borrow at any of the major primes. Uh, so even if you're a big boy trader, you know, there's nothing out there and you really don't want to call in a favor to get, you know, some people will probably be listening to this going, well, can't you like pull a string and get some borrow? It's like, yeah, but you don't want to do that. Why because, can't you use the options? Well, if the borrow, I mean, part of the reason the borrow is not there is that people are going to be using that to trade against options and they're running all sorts right. of, you know, and so the options chain, I'm sure is just absolute madness. And so right. you go look in and there's just, you know, basically these are all just coiled springs. And if the stock doesn't collapse the next week, it's going to go to the moon because all these guys got to cover all their all their shorts. But don't you think – so that maybe this is me being naive. Don't you think the people that are short the stock will all understand this anyway? You know, no disrespect to anybody, but this is something that like they academically know it and then they cannot help themselves. They don't think it will happen to them. Right. Or they're like, I'm, you know, the answer will change based on what's hurting them at the time. So it's, I'm a longer, I have a longer term view on that business. A lot of times people lose and then they go, well, you can't time stocks. And I'm like, well, that's not really true. You can tell when it's a really abnormally risky scenario. Can you imagine what will be going on on Reddit if there's a short squeeze in Robinhood that takes right. out some name brand and, weir- and weirdly, can you if that were to you know, happen, I, I, I'm going to buy Robinhood tomorrow. Here's, I mean, here's a crazy thing. Imagine, imagine we wake up on, you know, Monday or whatever and Robinhood's up. 100%, something crazy. Right. That's actually going to drive a lot of trading behavior. It's going to drive a lot of people to Robinhood. You know, it will actually help the business. I'm buying, Robin, I'm buying Robinhood on Robinhood right now. Dude, there's nothing more meta recommendation. than a Robinhood short squeeze being driven by traders on Robinhood. And causing more people to go to Robinhood and actually drive The only thing that would make that more meta is if fucking Kevin Costner logs in, in costume, <laughs> and is shorting Robinhood on Robinhood. Like yeah. I don't know how you get more meta than this. It it's it's insane. So, is I mean, Vlad is Vlad smart enough to to stoke this and make it happen? What are you doing? What's Robinhood? <laughs> you put Robinhood post close in the aftermarket, or you put in an order for it's welcome to the metaverse, bro. All right, fine. <laughs> you know this podcast is going to come out before the open, so that- I don't I don't know anything about Vlad, but I mean people around people are smart enough. People have figured this out. You know, it's not. Uh, you think they had the SEC breathing down their backs, uh, breathing down their necks uh, in January? If there's a Robin Hood short squeeze and anyone thinks that anyone at Robin Hood is at all either aware of it in advance or involved in driving it, that's well, a big I deal. Well, I mean, the, the problem is with, with like a lot of these, whatever we're going to call some of these companies right now, they, they are so kind of high on their own supply that not only – are people engineering little schemes with their stocks, but then they're dumb enough to do something like, I'm going to go buy 25 grand of call options. Yeah, you caught it And it's like the Matt Levine rule, like, if you were going to inside your trade, don't do don't it this way. Don't use options. It's like, and you look in there, like, a billionaire just risks their, like, everything for, you know, 400 grand in short-term options profits. Like, there's just, it's yeah. just crazy. It's, it's the easiest thing on earth to be watched. Right options trading and when you see somebody make an outsized bet especially if they've never done it before right it's it's, there's nothing to talk about so uh all right why are we talking about robin hood again oh because you're talking about how you know every day i'm getting a text it's like did you hear about oh well i don't know why but now i'm bullish we're not getting the we're we're not getting those texts we're getting texts like 
so and so just sold their company for right. nine for nine hundred million dollars, and I would say they're coming in weekly at this point. That's amazing. And I would love to say Good it's a them. contrary indicator, but it probably isn't. Like this is probably just going to continue because what are they going to do with the nine hundred million? Well, they're going well, to go, go fund some other company. Well, yeah. Elon's worth three hundred billion, so yeah, uh, I mean. Tesla hit a trillion dollars in market cap this week. Pretty, uh, pretty impressive. No. Uh, so worth more than every automaker in the world combined. All right. Here, here's what I got to say about this. I mean, what's what? What is left to say? Uh, where the hell? Why some my slacks not working? Sorry. Talk amongst yourselves. We have a, we have a new term for like things like Tesla right now. We call them disassociative valuations. It's like when you start talking about people who have so much money that you can't even understand it. Yeah. And like, especially when it's just mostly, you know, opinion based. Yeah. It's a disassociative valuation. It's like we're, we're, we've gone past, we're, we're past played. Right. And now we're into just something where I just don't even understand. Dude, this guy is worth a quarter of a trillion dollars personally. Right. No, 300. Oh, so so Lee, Lee Drogan tweeted, this is, I don't even know what to do with this. He said, good luck, keep, good luck keeping business school's kids' attention for, quote, asset pricing theory class. Might yeah. as well just rip up the textbooks. So, like, honestly, kids going oh, that into— That sounds mad toppy. I'm just going to be honest with you. Kids going into <laughs> business school, kids that are in business school <laughs> learning about uh, the dividend discount model or whatever they're learning about. Right. How do you do that with a straight face right now? They should teach it like it's uh, fables. They should teach— like My honest tales. take is that people started ringing the top bell and, like, 2013, 13, 13, 13, 14, 13. And I, just, I remember in 15 when, when SAS companies were wildly expensive at five times sales. Remember that? Yeah. What are they now? 40? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and now it's just boy who cried wolf. Like, I, I don't know what you say. And also the companies have delivered. That's the other thing that's been crazy is everybody went back, like, you know, when they went to Michael Mavis, like base rate stuff, they're like the, the, this many companies grew revenue this fast for 10 years. And so they know it'll happen. And then the software companies went, okay. And they just went and did it. Yeah. It's like having 50 LeBrons come into the NBA at the same time. Never, yeah. It's just That's a, that's a, that's a good analogy. Josh, I, we, were, we were – in 2013, there was somebody – we don't need to name names. There was somebody who, who had been bearish for a long time. In 2013, they were bearish for a long time. Jeffrey Epstein. And, <laughs> and this person uh, wrote something like, this market reeks of euphoria or, or reeks of fumes, fumes fueled by euphoria, whatever. That was you like hate this guy. I know that was that you was a long time ago. Right. A long time ago. Um, the unicorn cover for Fortune, which I think was the coming out party for this whole thing. Seventeen, where they said there are forty companies in Silicon Valley worth a billion right. pre-IPO. Isn't that adorable? Now it's like four thousand now. A billion. It's, it's a billion, right? Um, now there are deck of unicorns everywhere you look. There are probably forty that have been started this year that are that already, are worth already more than a billion. billion. That are raising money at a billion in their first couple of rounds. Yeah. yeah. Right, but so at that moment, people held the physical cover of that magazine up and right. waved it around yeah. and said, "If this isn't the top, what is?" Okay, this is, and then the yeah. universe said, "Oh yeah, motherfucker, stay tuned." Yeah. Right, John, yeah. throw up that. What year is this? Is this thirteen or fourteen? No. What do you mean? No, I'm pretty is sure it? it is. I thought it was like seventeen. What no, year dude. is this? When's it? Hold on. Hold on, I'm going to look this up on Facebook. Okay. So here's my metaverse take. I think I think the metaverse part of the market, the, the market and the media combined are basically becoming what I'm calling the infinite gaslighting machine mm. because – Time out. It's January 2015. 2015. That's so long ago. So long. It's six years ago. It's, I mean 
And it's our God, it, it, my, really, it really seems like the combination of asset prices and the media are sort of coming together to just drive the most people insane it can. <laughs> like it's just breaking people's brains. I mean, it's it's insane. Like I've, I've never seen anything like it. So the other thing that's going on is that we are constantly being made aware right. of all of these fundings and financings in and a way so that I don't think used to right. exist. Right. Like we're getting alert. I got an alert on my phone. How much money Nas made in an IPO? Right. And I just said, "What the fuck is this?" Like, you see that Shiba it was from wallet? TMZ. It was not from Wall Street Journal. Right. So TMZ is broadcasting the billions of dollars that athletes and rappers are making in startups. That was not the case. I don't think ever. Well, because they weren't. They weren't. They weren't making millions in startups. It's, no, it's like billions now. Uh, whatever. It's it's crazy. So Dan, that that wallet. What was that that Shiba wallet? Went there from was it? like something. It was like somebody bought like a few thousand dollars of Shiba coin a year ago, and now that wallet apparently has like five or six billion dollars at market. Here it is. They bought this wallet. Bought eight thousand of Shiba last August. It's now worth five point seven billion. This is from Morning Brew. From eight thousand to five point seven billion in roughly four hundred days, we may actually what? be looking at the greatest individual trade of all time. What? Eight thousand to five point seven billion, and we know that that person didn't sell any. No, because you see, well, the wallet hasn't. Yeah, yeah, you see the wallet. Oh my Um, god! You know that's like a USB that like that guy lost on a bus somewhere. It's like probably in a. It's probably it's probably a landfill. I hope it's lost. But you know what's funny? I'm sorry, I really do. These numbers are so ridiculous. So eight thousand to five point seven billion. Would we be any less in awe if it was eight thousand to one hundred million? I'd have the same reaction. It would be. Right. What's the difference? Either 100 million, ver- let's, Again, this billion? is disassociative valuation. I'm not phased. What is the difference between 100 million, a billion, 6 billion? It's the same, it's the same number. 2 trillion. It's all the same number to me. It's I'm, a big big number. I'm doing a podcast. It's big numbers. <laughs> it's not funny. Big, num- okay? big numbers are all the same. John, throw up this uh, Tesla chart with the last yearly revenue. I mean, Tesla got what? Like It was like a $4 billion order and their market cap went up. A hundred right, million? So last yearly revenue before reaching trillion dollar valuation. So what are we seeing here? So awesome. This is crazy, right? So we're seeing Facebook, Microsoft, Alphabet, Amazon, and so, Apple. All right. So what this is saying, um, two hundred Apple did $228 billion before it became a trillion dollar company in August of 2018. Can you imagine how stupid Tim Cook feels for making right. that much money and only having a trillion dollar market cap? Right. Uh, Amazon had to do one seventy-seven billion before becoming a trillion. A week after that, Alphabet had to do one hundred sixty-one billion before becoming a trillion in January twenty twenty. Fast forward to today, Tesla's last yearly revenue was thirty-one and a half billion, and it's already at a trillion. So, guess these numbers keep going down. What's the next company? Shopify is going to reach a trillion dollars at no, fourteen it's, billion. Uh, what's it called? Nvidia. I think Nvidia is six hundred billion. What's the, what? What the revenue are they doing? Every day. They're doing a lot. They're doing a lot of revenue. It's much. I th- I think it's. Wait, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not much more. Take than a guess. Tesla. What are they doing the last twelve? Last twelve months. I don't know. I've only owned the stock for seven years. I'm not sure. I'm not uh, sure what the number is. Let's see. Yeah, you have owned that stock for a long time. So so yes, the the distance between, or the the difference between revenue and market cap just doesn't matter. Twenty twenty two billion. Yeah. 20, Why would it matter? It doesn't matter. Twenty two billion. So they're on track. They're on track. They'll. <laughs> You know, God willing, they'll get there. Uh, they'll get there if you this know metaverse be a trillion dollar is company is uh, the Texas Roadhouse, which is public for some reason. What's yeah, the Texas, Texas Roadhouse? Have you been to the Texas Roadhouse? Is that a steakhouse? They're going to do delivery? 
They, Wait, I don't know about this. What is this? The Texas Roadhouse is like a cult following. Imagine like it's basically Outback Steakhouse, but better probably, but no Bloomin' Onion. So it's puts and takes. Is this the oh, one? I, I where, went to Arizona, I think. Yeah, people are like when when COVID happened, people waited in like 50, 60 car lines to pick up like make at home steak kits from them. It's it's a cult. It's it's is, actually pretty decent. Is this but, like, the one where the waitresses uh what is that called? What's the country music dancing called? Square dance? Yeah, but not that. The other one. Line dance. Line dance. Is that this one? I, I, I don't, ate at one of these, I, I think. I don't know if there's a line dancing. There are peanuts everywhere, I think. What, what were we talking about? I mean, oh. where is it? Probably got, it probably got, you know. What is this? Uh, 50, 60x. Off the bottom here. Yeah, so that could be the next trillion dollar. That could be, yeah. There will never Why be. Not? There will never be a restaurant stock that I, I don't, I can't imagine it. Like what's McDonald's market cap? That's got to be Sweet the biggest. Sweet going public. That could be a trillion. McDonald's oh, what three hundred? I don't know. No, I think it's. I, I mean, it's, the real question you have to ask if you're at Columbia right now is why can't this be a trillion dollar company? Right. Why could right? That's what we were saying. We were saying the other night. Like, what's the takeaway from Tesla becoming a trillion dollars? Right. The takeaway is like broaden your imagination of what might I mean, be possible. If people are coming out and saying a certain company can't be a trillion dollar company, we need to cancel those people. Yeah. Yeah. It's discriminatory. That's that's the same argument as do you know how much competition X is going to have? Right. That never works in your favor when no. that's what you're worried about. Uh, all right. We, we did this metaverse thing already. We're not going to go back to that, right? Let's go to the stablecoin thing. So do you have like a strong – you have a strong view of what's going to happen here? There's a ton of money in these things and no one is regulating them yet. How much longer can this go on for? I I mean I think that – Regulator, I mean, the, the regulator's job is to protect investors, right? Yeah. And the problem is they're now so slow that enough investors are getting into stuff where if they were to clamp down on it, it they would hurt, hurt investors. That's right. right. And that, if, and the VCs figured this out, and that's why you know half the successful models in the last ten years are blatantly illegal in you know a strict legal sense. Uh, and so I think crypto is now at this point where that's the Uber method, right? Or Just Airbnb, or you know, do it until they can't undo it. Oh, you have zoning laws. F- you. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, licensing requirements. Right. LOL. Yeah, right. no, no, stream it. Um, so you know, licensing safety. No, uh, we're just gonna have a four hundred dollar cleaning charge. Right. Um, There's a hundred billion dollars in tether in USDC. Right, and we have no idea what that is or if it's there or anything like that. And so we're in this kind of twilight zone scenario where you can't shut that down. Okay, so Gar- so, so Gary Gensler, I think, has successfully lobbied. Uh, Treasury and Congress, and he's going to take over oversight of stablecoins. Like I think that's 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 a that's a done deal. Whether or not banking regulators uh, want in on that, somebody is going to start looking at this stuff. Right. We could see spectacular blowups there. Like we could see arrests. Oh yeah, I mean this is it's too much money, right? But they but to your point, they're not going to go away. Because, and, but then the other question is like, what does it mean for banking regulation? If like I can, like, why would I start a bank right now when I can create a coin thingy on an island and I can basically run a bank with the same amount of money that I'd have as a bank? Right. Somebody explains it to me, and I don't know. I'm I'm over my skis here, but somebody said the reason why there's so much demand for stable coins is because in a bull market, people want the stable coins for leverage. Right. And in a bear market, when they're getting liquidated, they go into stable coins. They're not. They're not coming out of. Doesn't of. They're not coming. That out. Sound too cute, though. No, they're not. They're, there's there's an overwhelming demand for cash in the system, and when I say cash, I mean stable coins. They're not leaving 
they're not leaving the blockchain and going into USD. They're staying in the system. And that's where the stable coins come in. Do you think if there was a genuine economic downturn that free money from the Fed couldn't counteract? Like if we just had like a six or 12 month recession, old school recession, do you think that th those dollars would not come out of stable coins and go into people's like actual USD? Or have you we mean like if people like needed people money, need the money for like real world things? I, I like actually have to eat with the money. I or, think a lot. I think, I think there's a big disconnect between crypto money and real world money. Yes. You know what fixes that? Bill, crypto bill pay. Who's working on that? Whoever's doing that, I've, I, I feel that would probably be the killer app. The daily pay is going to be in stable coins. The daily pay stuff. You think so? I think so. It well, is like- Where you work all day and they pay you at five o'clock? Like instantaneously. They're going to pay that, you That's another tether. thing. Super, super regulatorily. Like if, if the rules were enforced, never going to happen. What? The, the, just the, like the AML rules. Like- There are no rules. Taxes, things like that. Yeah, right. But so if there were rules, it would be impossible. But yeah, go for it. I mean, what, like, what rule, company. Right. What rule applies to to any of this? Like they have to write new rules. That's the problem. They think that their existing rules cover this, but these people are light years ahead of the I mean, way can the you regulations report, were written. Can I, can I give somebody a W-2 that the consideration is ether? Like Let's build how does it. it work? Let's build it. I mean, it's coming. All of this is coming. It's going to be a trillion-dollar company. Let's let's fund it. All right. I, I do think, though, that when people can actually pay bills with crypto, they will. And that will lead, I think. Oh, what did you question? What did how you much? Said, sorry. How much of that whole direction of the future is really just how bad Wells Fargo user inter interface and experience is? Can I tell you? What, a, can I tell you literally a true story? Yeah. This happened yesterday. I'm still astonished by this, but this is the way it works. I have American Express account my whole life, personal account. Right. We have an American Express for Red Holtz Wealth, right. the business. Um, I want to remove myself as like the thing that the business's credit is built on. Right. The business now has an eight-year history. It's like right. enough already. So I'm going to move American Express for Red Holtz Wealth onto the firm. Right. Literally, they have to make my card inactive, my physical card. They have to send a new card to my CFO. Right. The CFO will not receive that for three to five days. Some and then shows. he has to apply to make me a secondary holder, which is another three to five days. So I'm going to go 10 days without a corporate credit card because that's just how American Express does things. Right. This well, is not a commercial for American Express. Everybody involved in this should be embarrassed. Well, can, I, can I give a counterpoint? Amex. So that's why – but let me just finish. That's why we're just going to do everything in, in, uh, in Shiba Inu. Uh, well, forward. here's a counterpoint. Amex CEO says crypto is unlikely a threat to traditional credit cards. <laughs> so there, he said it. Well, it must be true. It's a then. fact. It must be true. The Ma uh, the Mastercard deal with who do they make a deal with? Where they're gonna? Um, uh, I think it's just like you can do any crypto or something. I don't know who the deal. Mas Mastercard no, with backed. Yeah. Okay. Mastercard and Back just did something where something with crypto. So this came out today, something with, yeah, whatever. This came out today, UPenn's warden taps Coinbase to accept crypto for online blockchain course. Wait, what do you mean? Warden accepts crypto payments for blockchain program tuition fees. Who's warden? The the business school at Penn. Oh. That's a big deal. Oh, so you can you can actually, so you know what's funny about that? If you were smart enough to have enough crypto to pay for business school, you, don't you probably don't need school. it. Yeah. Like I'd love to see the Venn diagram. Like it's probably unnecessary. Oh, who is the person that has 
half a million dollars worth of crypto that's right. attending business school. I really 10. do think this distortion of the people in crypto that are so rich is going to have like really weird outcomes and consequences. Wait till, oh, yeah. wait till they start backing political campaigns. Can, oh, it's happened. That's happening. That's already yeah. happening. Yeah. Yeah. Wait till it becomes apparent who their candidates are. That's the your, the that's Island Boys are going to be the Fed governor from Minnesota. Please don't talk about the Island Sorry. Boys. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I literally can't handle it. Uh, are we do, are we touching on this thing with uh, are we touching on this thing with uh, Sequoia? Dan, you have a take? Just I don't understand why it's a controversial topic that an asset manager wants more AUM and a vehicle to have more AUM and less restrictions. Who is it controversial to? Did people flip out about this? Let's tell people what's going on. It's a big story. They, they basically said instead of having all these individual funds, they're going to have one master fund that's going to invest in in liquid companies that they backed as well as basically sub funds that are going to be their normal VC stuff. And so they're like, you know, instead of having a whole menu, they're going kind of, you know, this is the one thing we make. If you right. don't like it, get out. Right. And they know they have the brand power to do that. And they're going to dress it up into, you know, alignment of incentives. It sounds but- like it's a it's Sequoia is – like vanguarding to some extent. It's like this is the whole index. They're they're becoming an RIA, which is I did not have that on my bingo card. But then yeah, the, but, they're, but then when companies go public, they don't want to be forced to sell. No, but it's kinda of like Vanguard being like there's only one one ETF now. Deal with it. Well there's only one Vanguard ETF. Right. Right. They combine every fund that they run. Yeah. Because, uh, we'll, because we'll handle how it gets allocated. And normally, there's a whatever seven to ten year fund, whatever it is. There's right. a liquidity event, whether it's and a lot or an IPO, and then they, they give launch the, a fund every year. They give the investors their money back, but yeah. now they're saying we invested at Square in an early stage. It, it IPO'd worth two billion dollars. Now it's worth eighty five billion. I forget if that's the right numbers for Square. Why shouldn't we participate in the upside? Like that's an archaic model, right? And what you're saying is just more AUM. But time out. Yeah. But is that, that's not, is that a bad but thing? But time out. In the pu- conflicting statements. The public market asset managers are doing the reverse. So why yeah. shouldn't they do that? Right. No, nobody's wrong here. It's just everybody yeah. – it's the whole game in asset management is scale, 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 scale. Always always has been, always will be. And it makes things a lot easier just to be like there's one menu item and where else are you going to go? Because we're you know the house. They may have trouble though holding on to talent because I feel like – People want their shot at running a solo thing. No, 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 because the ma- the master fund is an open-ended fund that's going to invest in closed-end funds, which are like the isolated things. Okay. So they can basically carve people's stuff out there, and then a lot of times those funds are investing into LLCs for the specific investments, yes. and they let people sidecar in that. Like special purpose vehicles? Yeah, so basically like you have a you have a fund that invests in another one of your funds. That fund wants to buy a company, but you put an LLC in the middle – and then you can like kind of let your buddies and employees into the LLC, right? Along with your investors' capital, right? Uh, which, so it, which in public markets would be a, a very big no-no for the it's most called part. Cherry picking, yeah, you can't really do that. not okay. But in VC, it's it's very appreciated because I don't know, it's allowed. Dan, are you seeing more of your peers go into private markets, like Dan oh, yeah. Lo- Dan Loeb, for example? Yeah, I mean nobody. <laughs> It's insane to say that. I know that sounds sounds ridiculous coming out of my mouth. Before he beats me to death. Any of your peers like Ray Dalio? My peers like Ray Dalio. People that are in the hedge fund universe. Yeah, they're all they're all going to privates. It's crossover. It's crossover. They're doing both. Even if they're not doing it in their main fund, they're all setting up SPVs and things like that. I mean, we're looking at doing it. Like, it's not. There's no other option because, especially like a lot of the alpha stuff historically comes. Slow down. We're going to put you into ours. You don't you, you don't have to worry. They're all in small and mid caps. Mike, we got them. Yeah. Okay. And uh, and most of the small and mid caps now that you'd invest in are, are private. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. So, you, you know, when I'm looking at a public company now, I cannot invest in a public company without talking to private competitors now. Yes. So probably a third minimum of the companies I'm looking at are private because that's the nature of the market. And so if I'm already spending over a third of my time investigating private companies, like why the hell can't I deploy capital if I see an opportunity? You think about all these guys talking about the small cap premium and they're going back to like the 1930s for oh, data. That's just ridiculous nonsense. These, these, well, even if you believe in it, the second thing that you then have to believe is, shit, I'm not going to get that small cap premium because when these companies are small caps, they're not publicly traded. Right. They're coming out as large caps. They don't like they're not they're they're not making as many new small caps. Is am I saying that right? Yeah. Like there's plenty of small caps to invest in currently, but they're not making new ones at the rate that they're making mid and large caps. Yeah. Because just the IPOs are bigger. If you're buying a small cap now, you basically have two bins. You've got companies that have been small for forever, or which companies is not that a just good got pancaked. Thing. Right. So you kind of got to look for people that just took a bullet in the chest and then see if they're going to survive. Or you have to hope that you know some company that has never succeeded is suddenly going to succeed. Well, all, all these converted, all the, all of these despacked spacs right. are now in your universe, though. Yes, they're not big. Yeah, for the that's, most part, that's 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 in a fishing hole for us. Did anybody okay. listen to Alex Rampol with with uh, Patrick O'Shaughnessy? Mm-hmm. He made this really interesting point. He's a private markets guy that a lot of public investors want to be a contrarian and want to be a value investor because you know for reasons that we know about he's like in pu- in private markets it literally is the wor- it's the worst strategy ever you want right. to be on the bandwagon in you private need, markets you need you need you have to be consensus in private markets right. otherwise nobody will fund your series b right that's such a great point like the worst thing you could do is be on an island you literally can't be a contrarian in private markets right. you will go out of business in 2 days well i guess you could be contrarian in terms of what sector you want to fund. Like you fine. You could say we're contrarian because we're interested in health uh and biologics and things like that and nobody else fine, is fine. right now. No, sure. But my point was if you're gonna only fund down rounds as a strategy, which nobody would ever no. do, you're gonna get killed in two seconds. Or no, there's no, <laughs> no there's no or no, no in both public and private markets, you have to either invest with the consensus or you have to know what's gonna be consensus the next period of time. Like this idea that you're gonna buy an unpopular stock, it's gonna re-rate but it'll never get popular. It just doesn't work anymore. Because if it, if it stays unpopular, the management team is going to screw you. They're going to go to their buddy and be like, hey, why don't we put together some money and take the company private and pay <laughs> ourselves all the cash? Because why – and look, I mean, you know, I was saying we had, we had a company – we've had several small caps that we're either monitoring or own that have gotten crazy smashed, right? Now, if I'm the C- – let's say I'm a CEO of a $500 million company and I'm really doing my best and the business is doing well. And one of the things you're noticing on conference calls now – is if you go read a small cap earnings call, the sell side analysts aren't on the calls. It's all their interns and their it's hey, it's Susan on for Bob every time. They're not even they're, so this, the analysts don't give a shit. They're not they're covering like thirty five companies. They don't care about the small guys. There's no serious hedge funds that have taken positions down here in these small companies. So if you're a public company CEO who's spending all this money and spending all this time and nobody gives a shit, you feel kind of disrespected and whatever. And some guy comes up and is like, hey, I run a mid mid market PE fund. Uh, I'll give you 10% of the company if you can convince the board, let's do a little thing and everybody's going to make a bunch of money. Why would you have loyalty to anonymous shareholders who have done nothing but puke your stock repeatedly? Yeah, they don't care. Right. The the shareholders wouldn't even notice. They own you through an ETF. Yeah. If you disappear, who would even know? Right. Or like there was a a situation last year, this company Collector's Universe, I think it was. This guy, Connor Haley at AltaFox. And basically it was like trading card authentication. And for some reason, you know, I don't know the thesis very well, but they thought it was a great business. I don't know. But the second the stock started moving and it was 
clear people cared about the business because like Rally and all these other things are putting the area in play. D1 and SAC and these other guys swooped in, put us in together, took the company out. Mm. And yeah, the stock was up off the bottom, but you know they thought it was like a 5X. They made like a double or a triple or something. Right. And so it's like, that's your home run situation. It, it's, it's, it's pretty brutal. So you really need to figure out like what's going on there. And so a lot of the guys, you know, people are a little bit more naive, I think, who just come in and they're like, I'm going to buy small caps because small caps over time do this. I'm like, we, we don't live in that world anymore, man. I, no. I forget who we were talking I, to. I maybe, totally agree. Maybe it was Egan or somebody, but when did the rules change? Which rules? So like, for example, last night there was there was videos of James Harden, like the, the three-pointers per game that he used to right. get, or the fouls, I'm sorry, the fouls per game. And clearly, like literally the refs changed the rules so that that bullshit doesn't work anymore. But it seems like the same thing happened in the, happened in the stock market and right. some people still refuse to acknowledge that the rules changed. They really changed in response to what Trey Young was doing in the playoffs last year. <laughs> Absolutely But when do, you, when do you think the rules in the stock market change and why do they change? I mean, I know it's a big question. I, I, think, they changed with, I think they changed with QE. I don't even think it's complicated. I, I mean, I think, I, I think it's a, a few things, but... Well, the, number, the two big ones are that, that are most often said are QE and index funds. But index funds aren't new. QE was no, new. But the no, size, but the, the, the size. The, the percentage of the market that is passive, I think, is it's a over big 50 factor. Now. But I also think it's just, you know... Actually, hold on. I just have to be very clear. Over, over 50% of the funds are passive. But what about right. the That's rule? A big but what about the rule change but, where but, all these guys made their resume? Here's why I think the rule. I have a take. Okay, guys, so my take is, let's say 2000. You were on 2000, right? So, if you were running uh, a scam, let's just call it that, and you took it public, like how much do you think a guy could cash out if he was really trying? Oh, the to numbers show? were so small. Right. What were the numbers? Like 20 million, 100 million? What if the company was a scam? Yeah. And you managed to get an IPO? Yeah. Like how much could the uh, well Amazon Amazon went public at five hundred so right but I'm saying if if you're an executive and you're looking to IPO and sell stock as quickly as thirty possible, million right like you could probably sell like twenty million worth of stock something in a like year. that yeah right yeah. we're not now if you can keep the stock high enough long enough you can make it into passive a real indexes will come in and they'll buy over a third of your company and they cannot care about price and so if you can get an IPO the difference between IPO if you IPO something at ten billion versus five billion. It's such a huge difference just because you're so much closer to getting into more and more indexes. You need to get your company public and have them be able to print numbers for about two years, and everyone's going to buy your stock. Yeah. And so you're seeing people kind of like – you've actually seen some change in IPO behavior where they're actually not IPOing as late as you might think, and it's suckering a lot of short sellers because they're like, oh, it must be the top. And I'm like, no, no, no. These guys know that if they can print three or four good quarters, then the stock's going to triple or quadruple, and then they can unload billions. So if you can – if you can play this game long enough, you're able to exit billions or tens of billions in equity value what if, versus like 20 million. But, and that's, but, that's really the big change. But what about mind. it's only a scam if the company runs out of money? Right. Because – Well, we, that's the weird thing, right? It's become this weird reflexive thing. So yes. the market is, one, allowing strategies that look like scams to seasoned investors. Yes. To one, not only pay off better, but two, actually not turn out to be scams. Yeah, they have, to, they have enough time. That's what the guy from Nicola thought would happen. I was just right. like, that's I funny. I think he thought he had a three year runway right. of just relentless promotion yeah. until they actually built something that worked. Yeah. But they called this bluff early. But that probably hasn't happened to every company that's playing that oh, game. There's, there's, there's hundreds of other companies right now that are every bit as egregious as Nicola. You think so? Hundreds? Yeah. Okay. 
So what are they? Let's 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 share with them. I mean, let's just walk down the just in the EV category, EV bracket. I, I mean, get ready to buy all these names. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's. We, we were talking about that last week. That like, is, are there a lot of people now forming companies who learned everything they they know, watching Elon, and just saying oh, yeah. like this is how it's done. It's not illegal. I'm just bullish. I'm just creative. Like this is the, this is how it's done. Like that could. That could be the case, and it could go on for a long time. You probably need the economy to turn for – The other weird thing is that the, these companies, like one winner outweighs so many losers. Yes. In the index. Just for the capital markets. Mm-hmm. I mean for these VC funds, like there's was talking to somebody who had a buddy who was one of the early VCs and I think like Toast or something. I don't know if it was Toast, but it was like their basis was like $2 share, and it's at like 155 or something. Yeah, you could lose a lot of money on a lot of other things. And if, apparently if for like 10% that. of the fund yeah. in that name. So I'm like – so if you're if, – if, if, if you go and your, your friend's like, that's probably going to fail, and you're like, that's cool. I have 20 of them. I need one. I need one to 100x. Right. And then I don't even care what happens to the rest. Which means there's a lot of ins- – there's, there's a, a – the scale of capital in VC and, this, and also in public markets, there's a lot more incentive for people to look for things that can 100x, which are definitely going to be low probability. And so the you cannot short things or really even be like – and that's not right, but you can't short things just because there's a low probability of, of success. Like that's just not going to work. Well, right. It's, it's going to be very painful until it works. Right. But just you're not going to survive the path risk there. Um, so wait, but 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 you short stocks, right? You yeah. run along, you run along short funds. So yeah. what type of what type of stocks are you shorting? I don't need names. Okay, just, so yeah, so so, te- you, so, so Tesla. <laughs> so you said you said like, well, competition's going to come in, right? And that doesn't work, right? So the whole issue with this stuff is it gaslights people, and they 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 make stupid decisions, and so it's just like, okay, there's one company, and you look at the business model, and you go, you know, somebody else could do this, right? Competition should I probably do that all come. the time. Right, yeah, and and I think it too, but I've learned just they're getting kicked in the crotch repeatedly that that doesn't work. Yeah, right, and because for a lot of reasons, but there's other companies where you look at a company and you go, okay, there could be a really vicious competitor. Oh, there he is. He's right there with a hatchet, and so like I had this line. I was talking with uh, with Jim Chanos one time about short selling, and I'm like. I like situations where a company is trapped in a cage with a psychopath with an axe. Okay. If if we're at that point where like in the next three seconds somebody's getting cut down, but wouldn't you think then I'd short that? But wouldn't you think that would have been the case, for example, with DoorDash, Postmates, Uber? I was Eats. super. So for example, when when DoorDash raised a large ra- round from I think it was SoftBank and Kotu and a few other people. Yeah. And they basically said to hell with unit economics. We're just going to take market share. And they went full psycho mode. Psycho. Um, I was very short Grubhub. Yeah. And we did well with it. Okay. Um, that was an example where – and Grubhub at that point was was actually free cash flow positive and was kind of, I would say, prideful on their earnings calls about we're a profitable business. And I'm like, you're not going to be in about three months because they're going to come in and And it's the you. wrong strategy. Right. Stop talking about your profits, idiot. Right. When your competitor is going for nothing. Yeah. But, yeah. So when I see something like that where I'm like, oh, this is about to be Mike Tyson fighting a little fat kid, I'm like – I'm going to bet against – I'm not going to bet necessarily on Tyson, but I'm definitely going to bet against Little Fat Kid. Okay. So I like really lopsided competitive dynamics. So is there a scenario now in the markets where there's a psycho killer demolishing or or you can't reveal? We don't want you to unveil a short, remember? I think that <laughs> – we, we definitely I want, don't want you to do I won't unveil a short, a short, but I do think that impossible uh, going public is a, is a big deal. 
Impossible Foods. Mm. I, yeah. I can read between the lines. It, well, there's like 50 we have whatever for whatever type food clone copy companies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Daddy's Home with Impossible. Impossible is, is going to dominate Beyond? Impossible's the only one. Well, there's a bunch of other ones in addition to Beyond. Can't but, that but, shit, by the way. But Impossible is the only one that, in my opinion, really has differentiated intellectual property. Do you eat any of that shit? <laughs> You're a veg- Duncan's a vegetarian. He's a vegan. Yeah, I eat it all. You want to fade this guy or what? No, I mean- It's I, pretty good. I don't I, disagree. Like, Impossible has a lot of advantages to Beyond right now, I can see. But, uh, but yeah, are, I think a lot of they? them are going to succeed. I think a lot of these companies are in the future with the growth of plant-based you know, uh, diets and adoption in general. What's the Whopper? The Impossible? Or yeah, it, yeah, it's I, I think that's great. I love it. The reason I can't eat it is because you it can't makes digest. Me, no, it makes me miss oh. the real version. Right. That's why I can't eat it. The reason Shari won't eat it, and she's a vegetarian in real life, she won't eat any of it because she stopped eating meat because she doesn't want to eat meat. Right. So she's not looking for an imitation of something she doesn't want to eat. Which that's, I found, which I find the, interesting. Well, the that's problem the with Impossible too is is like I I sometimes don't trust it. I'll go to Burger King. I'm like. I, I think yeah. this is a real beef burger. And then my cooking, friend will or be like, cooking no, it's it there. Yeah. Or yeah, they, they cross contamination, which I mean isn't necessarily a big deal, but it definitely makes it hard to tell if it's the real thing or not, you know. Right. But so so like so like you're you're saying that's that's a situation where you have a company that's gonna come get a lot of funding well, you a few and be on a coming, mission. Right? So there's like a few things that are gonna happen there. One, you have one competitor that is gonna have more capital and everybody's gonna have to deal with the ramifications of that. Yes. Two that company is going to draw a huge amount of attention and people who like this sector are going to refocus where they're going to go. I was long, you know, layered superfoods or some other, you know, that's like a organic creamer thing. You know, they're long this and they go, oh, that's the new one. They're going to go for the new shiny object. So you see capital rotate out of the last thing into Mm. the new thing. They're like, to hell with Yeezys. I want these, whatever the new, I want the Balenciagas. Oh, that's, a, that's, you know? that's, that's interesting. So stock investors will see a new version of what they already yeah. own come out. Because a lot of the times people are like, 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 coin. like most people who are long, uh, most people that I spoke to who are long, like a Beyond Meat or something like that, they are like, I like the theme. I like this idea that this, they like, this is the future. And I'm like, okay. And, but they're like, this is the only public market expression I have for this bet. Mm. And we so saw that with space. We right. saw that shit with Virgin yeah. Galactic. Right. And then it wasn't the only way to play. Right. They're like, you got to be long space, so we're going right. to Virgin Galactic. And I'm like, it's not, you know, and and for a while, it went really, really well. And I'm not as forgiving. As, I think if you buy a stock that's really speculative and it goes up 5x and you don't trim it and then it tanks, I'm like, dude, that's on you. Like, you can't, like, you can't go after people for that. Like, I, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, take your cost basis off the table. Right. Um. It's, it's very right. hard to do, though, because that's what we're anchored to. Yeah. We're anchored to where we bought something. Dan, right. how often are you talking to investors about what you're doing in the portfolio? I, I don't trade very often. Like, most of the time I'm doing something, I – like, do you mean, like, my investors? Your investors. My I'm investors. Sorry. What do you do? You put them all in a Discord? Just go yeah, out. put them on a Discord. <laughs> Bros, we're all – pump, doge. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. Um, I'm kind of – probably every three months, something like that. I mean – Everybody who is like a partner in my fir- firm, because you know, we treat everybody as partners. Like we have some like events and dinners and things like that. Everybody has my personal cell. Like anybody ever wants to talk to me, they can ping me. Most people that have money with us, we're pretty friendly with, so we'll see them around. Like um, you know, we have money from uh, Greenlight uh, Capital, and that's public. And you know, I'm really friendly with those guys, and we have dinner every you know now and I, and most of the time it's just hanging out and talking. But it's not like we're gonna sit down. Let's go through the portfolio. Right. 
They're right around um, the corner, those guys, or at least pre-pandemic yeah, yeah. used to be. Yeah, yeah. No, I used to see them at, uh, what's that bar with the wagon wheel in front wheel of it? Wheel Tapper. What is it called? Wheel Tapper? Wheel Tapper. I think I used to see green light guys over there. Yeah. Nice guys. And yeah, they're, everybody there is super nice. So, I mean, you know, and yeah, so every three months we send out a letter. We usually do some like update calls to people that want to know what's going on. Um, there are going to be more update calls if things are super bad or super good. Um, and good, good luck scaling that. Everybody has my cell phone shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a you're, problem. You're in the early years, though. This is when that should be the case. We're actually hitting that point right now where I'm looking to hire somebody because, like, my email, right. my total inbound communications volume is getting really. Well, wait to see what happens after you do the show. Is yeah, Do- is dozens gonna... and dozens of Canadians are listening to this. Right <laughs> now. Dozens of Canadians. So, um, all right, let's let's keep going because we could t- I could talk to you about uh, portfolio stuff for hours, and I'm going to after this at dinner. So uh, I want to get to this billionaire uh, tax thing just because I think it's it's a pretty big it's a pretty big deal. They want to fund 1.75 trillion worth of infrastructure, both real and pretend, and they <laughs> and they want and they they think they found a compromise where they don't mess with the middle class, they don't even really mess with the investor class that much, and they don't mess too much with corporations. Uh, they're going to do a 15 percent minimum tax for companies operating globally. So no matter where your revenues come from, you at a minimum have to pay 15%. I think that's fine with everybody. I can't imagine anyone right. have a problem with that. Uh, they want to do a 5% surcharge. Is that the right word? A 5% added tax for people making more than $10 million, And then another 3% on top of that if you make more than $25 million. That's an in income. How right. many people does this apply to? How many people make $25 million in W2 income? Jay-Z? Like, who is even on this list? LeBron? I mean, not if they have a good accountant and structuring people. I mean, that's, you know. Right, none of this should be income. Uh, no, these guys, if they're smart, they have Hollywood accountants, and, you know, that, that stuff's never going to touch anything. Do you think uh, the 1% surcharge on corporate stock buybacks will have any impact on any company currently pursuing a buyback plan? Hell no. It's the tiniest thing I've ever heard, right? Also, I, there's some, like, constitutionality argument about it, but— I don't. I'm not informed enough on that. Okay, uh, you got to take. You got to take on these taxes. I, I don't think they're going to do anything to the market. Do you? We well, these are these are just proposals at this point. Well, no, this is the framework. This you is know, like after weeks of. There's actually back, one thing I deals. like about this one thing in here, which is, it's very frustrating to me, when we have people worth three hundred billion dollars, right? That and then they go, we're going to tax the rich. Right. And then you look at what the tax proposal is, and the tax proposal, when you actually start digging into it, they generally, when you hear something, it's like a household making two hundred fifty grand is starting to get rich, and we're going to just hit them. And I'm like, first of all, for people making under like seventy five thousand dollars, households especially, if you didn't tax them, they'd spend all of it. Mm-hmm. And then when you look at how fast that money moves through the economy and sales tax, the government tends to be even or ahead. Yeah. And it would be massively, you know, and it's They'll really spend not- all of it, and that spending is somebody else's income, right? Which the government will tax, right? So, the tax tax system at the low end doesn't make any sense to me from a revenue or an economic standpoint. Yeah. And then as you start to move up, it basically they they draw this line in the sand. They're like, okay, from like one hundred to four hundred thousand dollars, that's like the 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 getting rich curve, and then anything over four hundred thousand, you're rich. Right. And I'm like, we have somebody worth two hundred fifty three hundred billion dollars. Yeah. And I don't understand, like, can we stop pretending that, you know, a family, I mean, and look at how home prices in the last couple of years. If you're going to tr- treat a family that's making 300 grand like they're, like, 
hitters. And that, right, and that's leaving aside the fact that this is federal. Right. But these numbers don't apply equally in all regions right. of the country. And Everyone again, knows that. But imagine you're, if your family, let's say you're like a, I, I think people that really get hammered by this are things like doctors, where they might actually make yeah. three, four, five hundred grand in income, and they're going to just get slaughtered. Um, and it's really like those are the people that's hurting the most. It's kind of like the people that, like, actually, it's most of the people who kind of accomplish the American dream. Like, you come to America, you get a technical degree, you get a high income, high status job. Those are the people who get hammered with the highest tax rates. Anybody who makes over a few million dollars a year, the stuff that those guys, Tax structuring people do. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. Everything's, I mean, everything's a business expense. Right. Not just a business expense, but the, 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 number, the types of trusts you can do to, to just put stuff around like none of these proposals will ever touch someone with a net worth over 100 they're or 200 doing, million. They're doing grantor trusts. They're basically like turning net worth into insurance. Yeah. <laughs> so that Private it, placement life insurance. So right. Things things will be passed along. All right. So we don't think this will have a big impact. No. Uh, Really on anything, but I like what they're doing with the money. Six years of funding for universal pre-K seems like a no-brainer to I'm me. I'm all for that. Let people go to work knowing that their kid is being educated somewhere. Like, why wouldn't why wouldn't we be for that? Um, more child and earned income tax credits, solar, blah blah blah, whatever. I don't I don't know how I feel about that anymore. I don't I feel still like it accomplishes anything. I was at a uh, a charity event the other day for um, oh, I'm blanking on the name. I'm a bad person. Uh, my friend Nafa Sanala's. Uh, Group and they're providing lunch. I know, I know, not food for, for dude. Yeah, they're putting. They're they're basically they go into the worst performing schools in the worst neighborhoods in New York and they provide basically food because a lot of these kids like don't have breakfast and lunch, mm. which is just absolutely insane to me. Like I don't understand how when I look at the, the quantum's of money we're dealing with all this stuff, I'm like just give them a fucking peanut butter sandwich. Like this is not. It's this yeah. can't be this hard. Yeah. How do you want um, them? To, how do you want them to learn? Yeah, it's, they're unfed. Right. How is this still a problem? We should overdo it. We should have mandatory lunch. Yeah. Like you don't get to learn until you eat that. All right. I don't I don't hate it. Uh what are we doing after this? Oh, this robot shit. I guess this feeds into the metaverse a little bit, but this is really about employees are not showing up to work, so employers are replacing them with robots. Do you have any investments in this space? Are you looking at any of these things? I mean, there's like Josh Wolf over at Lux and stuff who yeah. they're doing stuff like that because they invest in science fiction. But uh, shout out to Josh, you know, the man. And yeah, I, I don't see anything like public that I really want to touch there. I mean, there's like a few, na- I think, what is it? Uh, Desktop Metal went public. I haven't really looked at it. Right. But, but that's like printing and manufacturing. I was looking at the ETFs. Did you did you look at any of these? Mm-mm. No. They're, they seem to have all different holdings, all three of them. There's all these ETFs for for themes where there's no public stocks that have exposure to them. I, right. I'm getting a little annoyed by this where they're like, it's the you know green earth ETF. And I'm like, why is Exxon a 5% weighting? And they're like, well, they technically own some, you know, whatever. So that's the prop that's the problem with these. Uh I don't think there's a good liquid markets way to express that view. But these these kind of match up pretty well. This is the ARC yeah. Autonomous Technology and Robots ETF. So I'm looking at bots right now. I mean, if you really want to be bots long, is global X. Oh, you know what's funny? The biggest holding in bots is upstart. That's ridiculous. What do they do? <laughs> they do bank. They do bank loan sourcing on the internet. If you really want to be long robotics, you should just buy the major defense companies. So Nvidia is the second biggest holding in in uh, in the in the bot. And then it's Intuitive Surgical, Keyence. I don't know who they are. Not by by Northrop Grumman. They make all the drones, don't they? That's robots. Yeah, I don't know any of these companies, frankly. So, all right. So that's that's can the we, bots ETF. Can we deliver packages with Predator drones? Can we re- <laughs> re- repurpose those? I thought Bezos was doing that. Here's what's in the ARC. Tesla is the largest holding in the ARC robot ETF. 
11.82%. But they're making a robot now. Do you see the weird dance thing? I would imagine they are. Did he cancel that after he broke up with Grimes? Is he making a, a robot as Tesla? Like No, or- there was like a, a woman, I think, in like a robot outfit who danced, and then Elon was like, oh, we're going to make a real robot chick that dances for me. Yeah, I could, I could see that makes a lot of sense. There it is, yeah. Oh it's kind of like a genderless robot. Stop it. Uh, she, I don't know, she looks pretty good. I don't want to gender the robot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, height, 5'8". Carry capacity, 45 pounds. Right. This whole thing's terrifying. All right. All right so uh, they have Tesla as their largest in, in, in um, Kathy's and then something called Trimble. Uh, my point is there's no overlap between the two largest robot ETFs. So what even is this sector? Made up. It's made up. There's one company that's really interesting to me. It's completely – it's completely uh, off the grid, so you would probably like it. Okada, do you know about them? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, have you seen that, that YouTube video? That shit is dope. The YouTube video of their yeah. uh, all the boxes going back and forth? Well, they look like dishwashers uh, in, a, in like a roller derby, yeah. all those boxes it's moving. It's crazy. Okada does the robot supermarket. It looks like the doors in Monsters, Inc. When yes. When they're all in the like – Yes. Yeah. They're flying around. So Okada has partnerships with Kroger – and then, like, the largest supermarket chain in every country in Europe. Like, what's the yeah. big one in, in England? Uh, Tes- Tesco? Tes- Tesco or something? I think so. So Okada partners with the supermarket. Um, they're not being contracted. It's like a right. partnership. It's like a, And then they will build that warehouse, and it's all robots in there picking groceries from internet orders, yep. packing them up and shipping them. There aren't people in the facility. And... It's a stock that trades on the London Stock Exchange, I think, but it has a pink sheet stock here. So, yeah, I, a friend of mine invested in that. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Can you get the video? This the video is, is wild. But this is not in any of these robot ETFs because it trades on the pink sheets in in America, I guess. So I feel like that's a it's a very messy asset class with not a lot of great ways to invest in it yet. So ho- hopefully yeah. somebody will fix that. Um, we do favorites, and then we're gonna get out of here. Are you hungry? I'm always hungry. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna eat like uh, kings tonight. I promise. All right, all right. Uh, let me go first, really Whoa. quickly. We got the video. Oh wait, yeah. Let's... Then they drop down. Okay. And so they what they do is they have certain layers. So there's like 15 layers deep. This looks like have, the metaverse, but it's real. Yeah, and they have like they have certain layers that are refrigerated. Like every ever so often is refrigerated, so it keeps the whole thing temperature. Look how controlled. they move. That is so cool. See that facility. That's in partnership with a giant supermarket chain. So everything that's being ordered on their website, it's robots fulfilling. In like 15 years, they're going to have this, but it's just going to be Mark Zuckerberg's going to have your disembodied head in a jar, and then the machines are just going to put you into different simulations like this, right? What if I told you I think robot repair will be a better profession than doctor? Because the doctors are also going to be robots at that point. So possible. I, well, why isn't intuitive surgical in the robot ETFs? That's it's in a, one of them and not okay. the other. None of this makes any sense to me at That's all. That's ridiculous. By the way, I remember. I remembered really quickly. I remembered uh, what I wanted to say about the metaverse. The second thing, during the pandemic, every kid in my neighborhood went MIA from the streets mm-hmm. for like an hour, and my kids included. And I'm like, what's going on? They're all on Xbox or PlayStation for a. I think it was Travis Scott. Gave a yeah. concert inside of Fortnite. Yep. This is it's millions and millions of people attended this show inside of a video game. And I don't know if I don't know if he was paid any money, like gigantic money for that. I don't really know how that would work. I'm but, sure he got paid. All right. 
Uh, favorites. Did you watch? Did you watch the new Succession? I know you didn't watch the new Curb. I haven't. I'm behind. Are you a Succession guy? I am. Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen this week's episode either. You haven't seen it either. No. All right. So we'll have a very short conversation about that. It's great. <laughs> it uh, it picked up right where it left off, and uh, I have a f- I have a feeling there's going to be some stuff coming up about technology in this season. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. All right. So. Uh, new Curb, you saw it? You didn't see it yet? I haven't seen it. It's so good. It's. I mean, I hope he never stops. I know. I know there will be an end at some point, but uh, I don't know. He's very angry. He could just keep going. So I, I don't think it's a spoiler. They're not going to do a lot of COVID stuff this year. Thank God. I'm, I'm over it. TV's for escape. Nobody wants to see more COVID shit. Well, there was right. one COVID, but thing. there was one really, really <laughs> great COVID joke. Uh, which I don't, I don't want. I don't want to ruin it for you. Uh, all right, that's that's all I have this week. What did you bring for us today, Michael? Uh, well, I'm just happy that the Knicks are back. It's been like two decades of misery, and I'm just thrilled. Did you go to any of the games this week? I'm going on Monday. You going? Who are they playing Monday? Eh, it's not a good one. The Raptors, but I don't care. So what? Game is a game. Um, you you go you go to uh you are you a Knicks fan at all or? I, I mean, I grew up in, I grew up in Virginia, so yeah. we didn't really have a team. But I'm I actually going to that Knicks game on Monday. Against the um, Raptors? Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Where right. are your seats? I have no idea. Maybe we'll uh, meet. I'll text you. We'll have, like, a drink. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I problem is I went to school in Boston for a while, and so I just went. Celtics. Well, well yeah, well, I went Celtics. But at that time, Brian Scalabrini was playing for the Celtics. I don't know how it happened, but we developed this inside joke where Brian Scalabrini was actually the greatest basketball player to ever live. And he was so good that he could convince you that he had no idea what was going on in the court. Because he's so big, he looks very yeah. uncoordinated. And so yeah. me and my buddies would all get Scalabrini jerseys and go to the games and only cheer for Brian Scalabrini. Did he see you? Probably. He, he, had, a, he, had, a cult, he had a cult following. He, yeah. He's like Will Ferrell in semi-pro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it looks, yeah that was the whole <laughs> thing. And so we would, we would show up and we would, yeah, we, we would only be cheering for him, not the team. Yeah. We'd make That's it very hilarious. clear to the people around us. What era is that? They were good then, too. That was, uh, he, he was on the championship like, team. Oh, seven? I think he was on the championship yeah. team. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's an announcer now for the Celtics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was at the Bulls after, right? He, he floated. He floated. Yeah. He's so big and weird looking. He's like he's like, he's like like a Tyson Fury type body type. Did you guys watch that fight? That's the other thing. I didn't watch it. It was the best boxing fight in 25 years. I know. I'm, I'm heartbroken. Because it hasn't been a good one in a while. Just... Pull it up on a Saturday night, watch it on YouTube, whatever. Tyson Fury has a weird body. Yeah, he's just he he's just like big love handles. Yeah, he's he's just too much person. He's just like and but he's like <laughs> the funniest person ever. You can't dislike the guy, but he it was there were like eight knockdowns or something crazy. I mean it was it was like nineties boxing again, except nobody got like I went shot to and, I went to a fight a couple of years ago, Deontay Wilder uh knocked this guy out with the first punch. You know yeah, that yeah, fight yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. 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 You, don't, you don't even understand what it took to get to this. Like, we went right. out. Oh, you mentioned Jim Chanos. I was with Chanos right, yeah, that yeah, night. Yeah. So we did this whole thing. We did, like, Lugers in in Long Island and then drove into Manhattan and then parking. It was a whole production. Finally get to MSG. There's nine fights ahead of this one. So we sat through all yeah. these bum fights. Um, and then the main event, this guy comes out dressed up like a fucking Black Panther. He comes out. Everyone's so excited. I swear to God, he throws one punch. The fight is called. Yeah. They called it in four seconds or something. I think they broke a record. And I was like, well, dinner was good. Yeah, that was good, yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was fun. So, all right. I don't, That's I don't, why you need the VR headset, so you can just drop into the fight and then be like, all right, I'm out. Because yeah, getting out of there must have been the worst part. Oh, dude. Yeah. yeah. Leave, leaving MSG when everyone's angry. 
Oh, yeah. And everyone's been drinking since 6 o'clock in, in, in the evening, leaving MSG from a boxing fight that was not a – from a boxing match that was not a good match is probably the worst situation. I had to get in. at MSG a couple weeks ago after – I got invited to a Ricky Martin and Enrique Iglesias concert. Dude, you have my text. It was yeah, it was it was it was fantastic. I was like, I'm sure, I'm sure Batnick and and Josh Brown are here somewhere. But uh, is that your favorite, uh, Ricky Martin? Well, I, I I didn't know who I was going to go for, but Ricky Martin crushed it. Yeah, yeah. Enrique was fine. It was good, but but Ricky Martin it was just it was insane, and I've never seen that many just turn up 55 year old Latina women. I mean, they were going. Ham He's one of the biggest entertainers at the end of the last. Oh yeah, century. He's lost zero fans. They've gotten older, but he's lost zero fans. He still got it. Oh is that yeah, what you want to leave us with Ricky? Yeah, still got Ricky, it. That's my number one take today. Long Ricky Martin. What was that song? What was uh, this song? La Vida Loca. La Vida Loca. No, Bailando's Enrique. I can't remember, but yeah, yeah. Love and La Vida Loca was the song. You celebrate that's his whole huge. catalog. Yeah, I mean, it's so it's such a deep catalog. <laughs> no, How can Dan, you pick Dan one? Thinks, Dan, he, it's just one big album. Let's all say at the same time. What's yeah. your third favorite Ricky Martin album? <laughs> No, you go first. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite for us? What do you got? Uh, favorite a, on what? On, on uh, anything. What's anything. Up? What What are you into these days? Uh, to quote the great medicated Pete, what are your interests? Besides due diligence. Besides due diligence. What else are you doing? Is that it? I like haven't been doing anything uh, Eat, sleep, and breathe this? Pretty much. Uh, what are I doing? All right, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. I, I played PlayStation this weekend. That was awesome. Yeah, that's bad. All right, let's get out of here. I'm boring, so. All right, listen, if you want to watch clips from this show and see our Halloween costumes, make sure you check out youtube.com slash the compound RWM. Don't forget, for the latest in financial blogger fashion, idonshop.com, including a couple of new items I think you will be very surprised to see. Uh, Duncan, was there anything else I had to do? No, I think that's it. We got it. Eve Hernandez? Yo. Yeah, we got an ETH shirt. Josh made an ETH Hernandez shirt. How dope is that shirt, though? The hoodies. Well, you know you're getting that. But you don't, know, you don't know that it's ETH Hernandez. It's just his ETH. Dude, you know you're getting that shirt. I want that sweatshirt. Which one? That's available. Yeah. All right. Yo, thanks to uh, thanks to Dan. And Dan, where are we following you these days? Still you still at, tweeting up a storm? Yeah, still at SuperMugatu. SuperMugatu on Twitter. Are you on, you're on Instagram? Are you private? Yeah, I'm private. It's okay, just good. like Smart. my family. Smart. Good for you. That won't last long. No. Yeah. No. You're going to come out. I've got like a million requests. And I'm just like, no. Now I don't even let people I know in. Good. You shouldn't. I think I'm following you, though. Yeah, yeah. You got in. You know what? You know Free what band. I know? Because I was liking all your stories from the Ricky Martin concert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Dan, you're the man. Thanks for coming through. Happy Halloween, everybody. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week. Thanks, guys. All right. It's starting to get warm in here. Yeah. I think, I think the sweatshirt is, is starting to... Uh, I am disappointed that Mike wouldn't wear the mask the whole time. I knew he was. Oh my god. Dice gets a direction. Investing in a direction shares ETF includes possible loss of principal and may be more volatile than investing in broadly diversified funds. The use of leverage by the funds increases risk. The direction shares ETFs are not suitable for all investors and should be utilized only by sophisticated investors who understand leverage risk, consequences of seeking daily leveraged or daily inverse leverage investment results, and intend to actively monitor and manage their investment. The funds are distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC.